Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Andy, are you ready? I am always ready, George, and I'm excited to be here. Yes, well, I am ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grombacher. Andy Storch is a talent development consultant. He is a coach. He is a facilitator, a speaker, and a podcaster. He's, he's also an author. I'm excited to have you on. Andy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, man, such a great <laughs> question to start, George. So many things in there. Um, as you mentioned, uh, my main business is in talent development consulting. I focus on connecting companies with exceptional learning solutions to help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. Uh, work in areas of like leadership development, business acumen, sales training, things like that. I'm a facilitator, um, a speaker. I host two podcasts. One of them is the Talent Development Hot Seat, which is on corporate talent development Uh, And the other one is uh, currently called The Andy Stort Show, which is more on personal development. Um, I hosted my first conference earlier this year. Uh, I'm writing a book right now, as you mentioned, being an author. And uh, most importantly, I live in Orlando, Florida. I'm a husband, a father of two kids. I'm very passionate about that. Um, My kids give me purpose. uh, And I also feel very drawn to um, a mission of getting the most out of life, fulfilling my true potential, and inspiring other people, as many people as possible to do the same. Oh, well, I, I love that right there, man. That's awesome. How, how old are your kids? Uh, I have a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son, and uh, we are now, they both normally are in school, and we're now dealing with the, the new challenge that so many people are dealing with, that uh, they're home all day while I work, and so, you know, we're in fun times. Yes. I was listening to a a podcast this morning and they were in New York City and they gave me a nice dose of perspective saying that, you know, there's folks that live in like studios, studios or one bedroom apartments and they've got all their kids and they're trying to work. And I thought, well, my goodness. Oh, wow. I I live in Arizona and we have more room. So therefore I have bigger. (laughs) So I can't. Yeah, my house is not my house is not big, but we do have multiple rooms, which is which is nice. Uh, that I have my own kind of dedicated office here, but I've been working from home for five years, so I've needed this, and uh, at least we're kind of well set up for that. Yeah, I got it. Well, interesting times. Um, well, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you giving us that information to to, to to kick it off. I heard this this term a couple years ago, um, and it's arete, and uh, just briefly, it's what I can be, I must be. And that sort of jumped into my head when you were talking about wanting to to be the best possible version of yourself. Um, so yep. I, I appreciate the, um, why it is that you're doing the work that you're doing. Do you have thoughts on why it is that the engagement or it's like 70 percent of wor- um, workers internationally are not engaged in their work? Do you have thoughts on that? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's there are many reasons, right? A lot of times people end up in jobs that just don't match up with their purpose or their values or just what they enjoy doing. Um, but a lot of times it's because the companies they work for are not really giving them a reason to be engaged. They're not creating a great customer experience. They're not giving them uh, learning and development opportunities. They're not really um, helping them understand what the company purpose and strategy is and why they should be aligned to it and excited about it. Um, they're not really giving them any like reasons to have fun and enjoy coming to work. And so people accept a job and they accept that a job is a job and it's not part of who they are. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, diversity and inclusion and psychological safety are hot topics this year. And the most progressive companies are addressing that and creating these great uh, working environments where people feel comfortable being their authentic selves. But it's still a rarity in the working world. Most companies around the world are not doing that and, and forcing people to really feel like they need to be a different person at work versus a different person at home. And uh, I think it causes a lot of stress. I think it causes a lot of people to be unhappy. Uh, and going back to that topic of learning and development where I spend a lot of my time, uh, I also, you know, as you know, host a podcast I mentioned, and I interview a lot of people and I study this topic. And what I'm finding is that more and more people, especially from the younger generations, um, millennials and Gen Z, they really want learning and development opportunities. They want opportunities to grow. Uh, you know, people want to know that they have a chance to grow and get better and learn something in their job, not just get a paycheck and go home. And when they don't get those opportunities, companies are not providing those opportunities. They get frustrated and they either leave or they just kind of check out and say, well, this is the job I have, but it's not that important to me. I'll get my job done and I'll go home and be able to spend time with my family, which is fine. Uh, but I think in today's age, it's it's the lines are blurred between work and home. So we might as well make it as wonderful as possible for people and, and give them a great employee experience. Yeah. Well, amen to that. And that is, you talked about how some of the, the more progressive companies are really digging into these things for mm -hmm. those companies that, 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 that maybe aren't, is it a function of they're just trying to be great or be good at what it is that they do and they maybe don't have the, the, the time or the bandwidth to be adding extra stuff? Well, I think that they think, you know, when I say they, we're just going to assume, generalize about a lot of business leaders uh, out there in these kind of older school companies. Um, they're very focused on financial metrics, right? Revenue, uh, profit, uh, turnover, um, you know, it might be even customer satisfaction, sometimes employee engagement. Um, but they're not looking at, you know, the, that employee engagement, that employee happiness, the employee experience, because those things in their mind don't necessarily connect to the numbers, especially the short term. And so many public companies, especially are really focused on that quarterly cycle, right? The quarterly earnings. And we've got to get our profit up this quarter. We've got to improve our sales this quarter. And I think developing and investing in your people is a very long-term game. Um, but the people that don't invest in it are short-sighted because when you when your employees are frustrated, when they're not getting a great experience, they're not going to treat your customers well. They're going to get frustrated and leave. Uh, that's going to increase your, uh, your turnover, right? And that's going to cost you thousands, if not millions of dollars. I mean, I've heard stats that, you know, the average employee, uh, when your attrition goes up, your average employee replacement cost is $100,000 out there in the marketplace, right? And if you've got hundreds of employees leaving in a year, if you're a really big company, 
you're talking about millions of dollars in cost for really something that's unnecessary. If you gave them a great experience and you showed that you cared about them, uh, they would stay longer, they would work harder, and you would get better financial results. And I think that if you really dig into it, you can quantify it and connect it to business metrics, but a lot of companies, they just don't see that, right? They just want to drive um, those those metrics, those financial metrics like revenue and profit uh, and EBITDA and cash flow and those things, and they don't make it the connection to what they call quote-unquote soft skills, uh, even though investments in those tend to improve productivity engagement, which lead to increases in revenue um, and long-term success of a business. So I think it's just short-sightedness. It's not really understanding the connection. Um, and But on the progressive side, coincidentally, I interviewed two different CEOs today who are building, have built phenomenal cultures and they're highly focused on taking care of their people and they're seeing the results from that. And I just want to go back to my notes because there actually was a great quote uh, I heard today that I wanted to share with you from uh, Gary Ridge, who is the CEO of WD40. And he said, profit is the applause for people doing good work. And so if you get nice. your people doing great work, then you'll get the profits. But so many companies and uh, leaders are focused entirely on that profit. And, oh, it's nice if we can take care of our people. But first, we got to drive the profit when it needs to be the other way around. Yeah, well, that's that's really well said right there. So I appreciate that. What when 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 you're having conversations with with companies with organizations um, and maybe they've they've tried to put a program like um, some kind of a learning or an engagement program before in, in the past and they say well my employees just don't want to do it they just t- don't take advantage of it what 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 goes through your head what do you say to them well, when I hear that, I think a couple things. One, um, because there, there, there are always risks that those programs will fail. They don't get support from um, leadership or employees just don't really show up or want to do it. Uh, one is you've got to think about connecting your learning programs to company strategy, right? So it makes sense to the executive team and it makes sense to everybody. This is why we're doing this. If we uh, invest in this leadership development program and we help our leaders become better managers. They're going to drive engagement. It's going to get this, you know, X, Y, Z and productivity is going to go up and therefore, uh, sales and revenue is going to go up. So that's one factor. Another one is that you want to make your programs engaging. Um, too many programs out there involve a lot of, uh, lectures and PowerPoint, uh, and just giving like executive talks from uh, you know executives like CFOs that know their financial stuff but just aren't very good in front of a room, frankly, and so then they bore people and they're like, I don't, you know, they kind of tune out, un- unfortunately. So you've got to make your programs engaging. You know, the, all the stuff that I run, we do a lot of experiential learning, which means it's discovery-based. People are actually like playing games, going through simulations, and discovering things for themselves. It's competitive, uh, and therefore people stay engaged throughout the day. And then the last and probably the most important piece is that it's got to be supported by the leadership, by people's managers. So I think what happens a lot of times is a company, say an HR learning development department might set up a a learning program and invite employees to come and the employees sign up. uh, But then they had blocked off the whole day and their manager's like, hey, where are you going? 
like we we've got work to do. You know, we've got this sales call. We've got this important project to work on. I can't let you leave for the entire day. You got to get back here. Right. Or why don't you just go down there for a couple hours and then come back? And the, you know, the point I'm trying to make is the managers are not on board in supporting the program. They don't see the value in it. So therefore the employees don't see the values. You've got to get the managers on board first. So they're supporting it. And that's why I always uh, recommend when I'm working with companies that you start at the top, you have the managers go through it first. And when they have a great experience, then instead of saying to their employees, where are you going? They're saying, Hey, you got to go to this. You really got to check this out because I want us both to be on the same page in terms of what great leadership looks like, what coaching looks like, how the business runs, whatever the, the training may be on. Um, but if the manager's not on board and supportive, then the employees don't feel like they really have the permission to go or at least not really be present while they're there. I think that that's excellent and really well said right there. In order for a program to be successful, it has to be in alignment with the overall executive strategy. And then, yes, the management, the leadership at every level definitely needs to be involved and active and be championing um, champion the uh, the program so that they can, in fact, incentivize or encourage the, the people that they're working with to go through everything. So I think that that's sure. such an important thing. And for, for when 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 you're thinking about it from an employee perspective, you as a lifelong learner, you as somebody who is is working to become the best possible version of yourself, what is your advice to individuals? Well, look, I mean, we've been talking so far about organizations and how they can get their people engaged and provide learning and development opportunities for them. I, I think all organizations need to be thinking about that and provide great opportunities, but you can't force people to learn. Employees. Uh, or whether you're an entrepreneur or business owner, whatever it may be, it's your responsibility to take ownership of your own career, take ownership of your life. Uh, and that means investing in learning opportunities. That means building your network. It means going out and figuring out what you need to do, um, you know, discovering who you are, defining your goals. Uh, the world is changing fast. You know, the rate of change is faster than it has ever been before. And yet it's slower than it's ever going to be. So when you start to think about the future of work, you know things are going to be really different. Heck, we're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. We don't even know what the working world is going to be like after we come out of this. I just know things are going to be changing. And that's why I'm that's a big reason why I'm obsessed with learning and growth. So I read books every day. Um, I listen to podcasts. I'm trying to keep up with all the stuff that's going on in business. And I always recommend other people do that as well because you got to keep developing your skills. You got to keep growing. If, if for nothing else, then for your own fulfillment, because, uh, I learned from the great Tony Robbins that almost all fulfillment comes from growth. And if you're not growing, then you might be doing the opposite. And that's where a lot of people are unhappy, um, because they don't have any type of growth and they're in reaction mode. You know, so many people are drifting along in life, uh, doing whatever, you know, in, in some job that their parents told them that they should do, waiting for their boss to tell them what to do, um, reacting to what their friends tell them is cool or is not cool. Um, I want people to wake up and truly take ownership of their life. Think about their own vision, their goals, their purpose, their values, what lights them up. Uh, and you don't necessarily need to wake up and quit your job tomorrow, but think about what you really care about. And are you in a position that is going to take you where you want to go? Or do you need to start making changes? And that might be reading books. It might be taking a course, going back and getting a college degree, um, building a better network, building a personal brand, whatever it is. Um, you can tell I'm a little bit passionate about this. And I actually wrote all about it in the book that I'm writing right now because I do want to make an impact. I do want people to wake up and start to take more ownership of their life and their career and their learning as well. 
I love it. And yes, you clearly are passionate, but that, <laughs> that, that, that is a good thing. So I love it. Well, Andy, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Oh man, I feel like I used it all already. Um, so I usually talk a lot about when I get these questions about being really intentional with your life and thinking about, you know, where you want to go, what you want to do. Obviously, you know, I mentioned taking ownership and of your career, understanding your goals and your values, but I want to take that down to the micro level because we are in such a challenging time right now where many of us are working from home with kids around and we've got all these competing responsibilities from work and business, um, being a teacher, being a parent, all that stuff. And I want people to realize and really think about the fact that everything you do has trade-offs. And that's why prioritizing is so important. That's why I spend time every morning with a journal thinking about the most, reviewing my schedule and thinking about the most important things that I want to get done that day because there's only so much time. There's so many things that we need to do. There's only so much time. And when you say yes to one thing, whether it's working on a project, taking a customer call, um, spending time with your kids, working out, uh, watching Netflix, scrolling through social media, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. That means you're not doing other things. And there's nothing wrong with any of the, those things that you could be doing. I just want people to really think about the trade-offs they're making that every time you engage in one activity, you're not able to do the others. And therefore, it's so important these days to really prioritize how you're going to be spending your time and make sure that those priorities align with either your goals or your values, you know, what you say is really important to you if you're working on a big uh, business goal or you just want to spend more time with your family or get in shape, whatever it is, you've got to build that into your priorities and your schedule. And I think that people are going to be a lot happier and more satisfied with where they're going in life uh, when they do that. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Andy, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? And I know you said you were writing the book. Where where, where can they eventually get a copy? Yeah, that's uh, we're in an interesting time right now as I'm still putting that together. The book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And, you know, eventually it'll be available out there on Amazon um, probably later at the end of 2020. Um, for now, uh, you can head to my personal website, andystorch.com, and I'm going to have all the information there uh, on my podcast as well as uh, a place to sign up to get uh, early notification about the book. We're going to be looking for people uh, to be part of our advanced reader team. So if you like the idea of getting a free book and getting to review a book before it gets out there in the marketplace, uh, that's a cool opportunity. And then, uh, you know, I've got the two podcasts, The Talent Development Hot Seat, the Andy Stort Show, and I'm very active on social media, especially LinkedIn and Instagram. If you want to go follow me in any of those places, I'm posting there daily. So uh, come find me and uh, let's connect. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Andy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to andystorch.com. That's A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H.com. Check out other great resources. Get signed up for... Uh, a pre-copy of the book. Find him on LinkedIn where he's very active and Instagram as well. Thank you again, Andy. Thank you, George. This was awesome. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>